Well, hello and welcome to the Rift Thinking Podcast. I'm Joel Pilger. Welcome back. I'm now doing the intro again for these podcasts episode. And just to give you a refresher of what you're listening to, you are listening to the Rev Thinking Podcast, which is, these are the episodes that are conversations between creative entrepreneurs who know the best way to deal with the future is to create it. So if you are a studio, creative agency, production company owner, this is your place. Now, every now and then you'll see there are these other episodes called Rev Thoughts. Now, Rev Thoughts, those are snackable conversations between myself and Tim Thompson. Usually just a 10 or 20 minute chat on a very specific business principle or concept that you can apply in your creative business. So with that, I want to just say thanks for listening to the Rev Thinking Podcast. Cheers from Barcelona, or as some of you might say, Barcelona, <laughs> if you're fond of pronouncing it that way. Now, in today's episode, my guest is Nate Watkin. Now, Nate is the CEO and founder of Assemble, the project management platform for video production teams. Now, the thing you need to know about Nate is Nate worked 10 years, okay? He got a lot of experience running a production company of his own that specialized in branded content. It was headquartered in Venice Beach, California, out there in LA. Now, Nate was an executive producer, which means he worked hand in hand with Fortune 500 companies and advertising agencies. So he worked with clients like Nike, Vitamin Water, Procter & Gamble, and Frito-Lay, and so forth. But here's what makes Nate particularly interesting and why you're listening to this episode today. Is Nate noticed when he was running his production company, what was the experience like for his clients as his production company took them through the process of producing content? What was that experience like? Again, I say that question, I think it, it gets stuck in Nate's brain. He wanted to create an experience and a process that was next level. That was as good as any production company on the planet. And that singular idea drove him to create something called assemble. How long have you been, let's call it in the, in the biz, in the production industry, call it. Gosh. I mean, if you count what I'm doing now as production, you know, probably coming up on like 15 years. Okay. And you mentioned to me, remember last week when we were chatting and you said, actually, you and I met in Denver. Yeah. Like a lifetime ago. Yeah. And of course, I was, I was horrified and embarrassed because I, I, <laughs> I didn't remember us meeting. Um, what, about what year was that? Do you recall? Probably about 10 years ago. Yeah, I'm a Colorado guy, born and raised uh, and lived in Denver for, you know, my post-college years before moving to Los Angeles. So, yeah, I remember you, man. You were a big deal. Impossible pictures. You guys, <laughs> you guys ran the town. Uh, so, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We mopped up. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Well, I, I, I it's funny because once you refresh my memory, I vaguely remembered us meeting. Um and how, what were you doing in your career at that point? What was like, did you get your start in Denver? And where, what sort of side of the biz were you working in? 
Yeah, I don't know how far back you want me to go to the the beginning of my career. Just jump in in Denver. I mean, uh, oh, at least give us the beginning. Like, did you grow up being a creative kid or being involved in anything that was production related? Yeah, I was always super creative kid. You know, I was always if you ask my mom, I was always drawing. I was always into art. You know, it felt like that was that was a part of my passion. But I think also my passion was creating things like I was always trying to create something for as long as I can remember. Um, and I think that those the passions kind of collided in college. I didn't really know what I wanted to do in college, but I knew I wanted to start a business. And so I had founded like the Entrepreneurship Club. Uh, I, I started college at Colorado State um, and which is kind of launching businesses. I was trying to learn how to code. I was uh, launching a tech startup. And at that time, it was like business plan when you still put together business plans, which is crazy to think about trying to pitch it and launch it. And, you know, it, 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 I was just trying to do something. And I think in my head, I was like, I just want to exchange something for dollars. Like if I can get somebody to pay me to do something that goes into a business bank account, I can officially say I'm an entrepreneur, right? And like, I, you know, I was like 18, 19 at this time. And I met a friend who, uh, you know, had a video camera and he was just like shooting weddings and, you know, creating cheap websites and stuff like this. And I was like, wait, you're getting paid to do this. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, let's just start a production company like stop doing this like one-on-one -on -one freelance like let's just do this let's start a production company and this was i think i was like 19 at the time and he said um okay you know and i don't think he realized how serious i was because the next day i went to the bank and i got uh, a ten thousand dollar loan i was like hey i need you to come co-sign on this loan and wow we didn't have any money like i i i think i was in the negative at that point in my life so i was still shocked that we got that loan um and so we we got this ten thousand dollar loan. We go buy a couple cameras, some mics, and we're like, we're a production company. And that's when it really triggered my passion for filmmaking. You know, I, I always knew I was creative. I always knew I wanted to do something, but I just went deep. I went, you know, I studied everything I could get my hands on in terms of filmmaking, editing, producing, and just began to just obs become obsessed with it. And got this production company off the ground somehow, some way in, you know, little cow town, Fort Collins, um, you know, but we started working with the university. We started working with local marketing agencies somehow, some way got this production company off the ground. And that was really, um, when I truly discovered my passion for film, you know, and I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do up until that point. And at the same time, you know, going back, I guess, to the, to the story of where I am today, uh, I was, as I'm trying to put this company together, you know, I'm trying to build out the systems. I'm trying to think, how's this company going to function? And I'm looking out here at like project management tools, right? Like we need something to run our business. And at the time, you know, there was not much out there. You had like Salesforce and I think we landed on like Basecamp, you know, there was no Asana, there was no Monday, there was no Airtable, there was none of this. And then even on the video side, you didn't have Frame.io, you didn't have these tools. This was like 2008. Yep. So I think at first we were using YouTube and then we, we heard of this cool new company called Vimeo that enabled you to have HD videos. And we we're like, oh, we got to start using Vimeo. So, but anyways, at that time, I remember I, it, it, I was like, wow, I cannot believe there's not a project management tool out there for creative production companies. And I, 
being, you know, still very, very entrepreneurial, I was like, I should create this. I should go out and build this, you know. Um, but, you know, in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, th this is too big of an opportunity. Somebody's already working on this. Something's probably going to roll out next year, you know just stay focused on the production company just get this company off the ground so i think that's like lesson number one in reflecting is like you know just go for it right um you know because obviously i was completely wrong uh and this was gosh you know almost 15 years ago that i'm thinking this and so that's really how the the business started um how i got my foot into the door with production and really grew that for a couple of years eventually actually dropped out of college at csu moved to denver continued building the production company there moved to los angeles um and you know eventually finished my degree at ucla but there was this whole company building process in between um but that's that's how i got my start in production that's that's the backstory so when you were running your production company give us a sense of what were the kinds of you know problems you were solving what were the what were the projects the clients like because i'm sure all of that informs what you're doing now right yeah you know i mean we were a, a traditional production company just trying to get scrappy and grow and, and build a reputation as you know as you do you know we were doing anything we could uh get our hands on at the moment to keep us alive you know whether that was industrials or working with the university or or whatever but of course we wanted to be shooting the big nike commercials or whatever that everybody wants to do right so at the same time we're, we're going out we're trying to shoot specs trying to build our real do all of this sort of thing. Um, you know, I'd say it's a pretty traditional story of two kids with a camera, you know, trying to build a company. Um, so that, yeah, I, I think, you know, I have that shared experience with probably a lot of your listeners in terms of, you know, getting that production company out the door. Um, I think one of the things, if, if we want to talk about like early insights I had or you know, things that I guess informed my decisions later in life. One of the things when I was building a production company, coming back to a problem that I think I instinctually felt was, you know, first thing off the bat, I'm trying to build out systems, but also I want our clients to have this beautiful experience, right? And I was super focused on brand, as I think a lot of creative people are in our industry. And I just felt like, I want our branding to be amazing. Like everything from like the moment I give them the business card to the website, to the proposal, to the creative brief, the production documents, the call sheets. Like I want this to be this incredible branded experience. Um, and I realized there was nothing out there other than just hiring a designer to create our own and build this whole thing, which was a big process. And we did do that. Um, but that summer, uh, I actually got a job at Crispin Porter Bogusky in Boulder. Uh, which at the time was the, the hottest agency in, in the U.S. Uh, you guys worked with them a bit. Yeah. And they were like the biggest, you know, uh, the biggest agency and or not the biggest, but the hottest agency. And, you know, I, I was still kind of thinking, do I go down this path of like getting, you know, getting into the ad world or do I continue building this production company that we're starting up? But the number one reason I was super excited to go work at Crispin Porter was like, Yes, I, f I finally get to see how they do it. I get to see how they do the branding and the client experience and all this. And I was like, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to have this masterclass in like this complete, beautiful client experience from beginning to end. And I get in there, start working there. And I was so disappointed because it was just an absolute mess. I mean, like, I'm just talking word docs, not even like headers, you know, and like people just 
like throwing around whatever documents they need to get the get the job done. And I realized at that point, you know, like one one realization was a like creatives are messy, right? And then they're always going to be messy, and that's just part of the creative process. But also, I felt like once again there was there was nothing that created this what I envisioned a, a creative company being in terms of presenting their brand and presenting their experience to somebody. And I instinctually felt like something was missing there uh, and that there was an opportunity there. So that was another you know, key learning that I think translated later in life uh, as I started this company. You know, you're speaking one of my love languages because I was taught early on that if you provide a service to expand it potentially uh, by making it more of a product, if you have a product, you expand it into being more like a service. And the combination of, of the two creates what we call an experience. And that's something that I was similarly really passionate about because I think what I found was as a production company, as a studio, we, what I'm hearing you say, and this is similar to my experience, that we can create an awesome creative product at the end of this. But if the process getting to that result isn't smooth, if it's not clean, if it's not simple, if it's not clear, that I had clients that would literally tell me, this spot turned out great. Unfortunately, we won't ever be working with you again. Because the process was just too, you know, too hectic, too helter-skelter, too, like I lost sleep, I have gray hairs, I'm sorry, but goodbye. I would rather have a great process, even a good end spot rather than a great spot and a bumpy process. I'm just curious, does that resonate with you in terms of how your, because I hear your role almost evolved from like creative to more of a producer type in your mm -hmm. production company? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I, the what I would add on to that is I think that clients don't really remember results. They remember emotions. Like, you know, they, they could have a great spot that came out and it looked great and it performed great. But five years from now, they're, they're not going to remember that spot. They're going to remember, like, how did that company make me feel? Like, I, I loved working with them. It was turnkey. It was a seamless experience. They treated me like royalty. And, you know, it was just a, a pleasure working with them. Like, the next time they're thinking to hire somebody, it's typically going to be an emotional response first. You know, who do I love working with, right? Um, and so I agree with you. If it's the inverse and it, you know, we've, we've, you know, I've had that experience where I worked with directors who create an amazing project, but they just busted my ass and were just terrible to work with. And, you know, we had no flexibility and it was just a nightmare, you know, and it's like those things come to mind uh, when you're selecting who to work with again. It's really about like, who do you really enjoy working with? And process is a big part of that. So most of us already know this quote because it's so apropos, right? The Maya Angelou famous one that says, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Exactly. And it's interesting that she even uses that phrase, like they'll, they'll forget what you did. Like they'll forget the spot, but they'll remember how it felt working with you. And I think that's a really interesting insight um, so as you, so you're at Crispin, you're realizing this is a giant cluster, like the way these people do business. And by the way, I'm just chuckling because I've been on the inside of that as well. And you're like, 
you're like, Brett, how can this be this multi, multi-million dollar business that is like hotter than July, but behind the scenes, it's so chaotic and just poorly yeah. executed, right? Processes are just a nightmare, all that. Right. And that's why you, you realize that's the opportunity, right? Because as a production company, you can come in and solve some amazing problems for them and they will, they will throw money at you. So what was the, was there, was there some revelation or, or transition being at that agency, seeing this is a total mess. What did like, what did that lead to next? What was the next thought? Well, I think that was just one data point in my subconscious. I don't know if I fully like internalized it at that time and had any conclusion that came out of it. But I just remember that being something where I saw an opportunity for creative companies in general to improve, you know, and become a better, uh, better processes, better experiences. And but the main thing I learned from you know, my summer working there was that the, that life wasn't for me, um, you know, for one reason or another. I mean, I think I am an entrepreneur at heart at the end of the day, and I really wanted to go back and continue building the production company, move to Denver, uh, you know, of course, bigger market, continue to run it there for a couple of years. And I think by the time I was about 25, moved to LA, made the leap and took the company there and would continue growing it there for about four more years or so before beginning this transition into what I'm doing now. So what was the, um, did the, did the work evolve? Did the type of clients, projects, et cetera, when you went to LA, did that, did that shift? And then did you continue to bump up against similar challenges in terms of providing that awesome client experience that you dreamed of? The work, yeah, work definitely involved. Um, of course, bigger opportunities, bigger customers, but then of course, just like a red red ocean of competition right when you get into the la market you realize like man there are so many talented people here um but unfortunately willing to work for a lot less you know because it's so competitive Mm. of course there's the big million dollar or six figure jobs in la but there's also a lot of people that are just trying to build their real and that are super talented you know and that are just trying to get scrappy and do whatever they they need to do so tons of competition um but what i really did learn about my time in la was how world-class production companies operate, um, you know, beginning to understand, network with these other world-class production companies, see how they were pitching, how they were winning jobs, how they were putting together these directors' treatments and even visual treatments and, you know, uh, the way they were bidding and, you know, just really understanding, you know, how world-class production companies operate. So it was a really, really great learning experience for me. In terms of, you know, the transition into my current role, you know, I don't think that it was any specific moment. Um, I think it was just a nagging thought in the back of my head that at this point I'd been having for almost 10 years of like, this product needs to exist. And I had told myself 10 years ago, somebody's building this, it's probably going to be out in one year, you know, and 10 years later, there's nothing. And I'm sitting here looking at this entire industry, realizing that we're using these tools that just weren't built for us. They were built uh, you know, out of Silicon Valley, they were most of these project management tools originally were so- were for software development teams, and we're trying to you know cobble together some sort of project management tool with some sort of asset review tool, with some sort of delivery tool, with some sort of calendar tool, and it was just very chaotic, right? You know, it, it, I realized as much as I tried to bang my head against a wall and create a process that would work. There was just nothing out there that could do it for me. And so this this just kept being a nagging thought in the back of my head. Yeah, no, I was gonna say it was also a personal transition as well, though, that, you know, was 
was difficult. Um, you know, I think ever since I started the production company at 19, I put it into my head that I am going to become a film director. Um, you know, and I'm a very optimistic person, you know, very driven. And so every day, you know, since then I was waking up every morning saying, you know, I am going to become a film director. Like this is, I'm going to dedicate a hundred percent of my passion and everything I can towards this goal. And when I moved to LA, started making strides. Um, you know, I started screenwriting. i got a great manager. I had an agent at ICM, had a screenplay optioned, uh, was pitching multiple TV shows, uh, was financing short films as a director and writer, uh, you know, just doing this, this hustle, right? And then also running the commercial production company to, you know, make sure that uh, we could keep the lights on. And, you know, was just working from, you know, the beginning of the day till the day, the moment I closed my eyes, trying to build this career as a creative and focus on this so, so much. And it was, it was progressing, right? Like, it's not like I was treading water, like the company, we were, you know, getting bigger budgets and revenue was growing. I was, you know, continuing to make strides in the entertainment industry in, in terms of like where these projects were going and who was looking at them. But, you know, I, I just faced a moment in my, in my late twenties, you know, I think where it was a lot of soul searching and it was, you know, kind of had to think about what I was truly passionate about, what I really wanted to do. And, you know, it, like I said, things were moving for me in, in the sense of the film world, but I, I kind of had the sense of like, good is the enemy of great, you know, and I could keep working in this industry for the next 10 years and maybe I finally crack through, who knows, um, and achieve the goals I want to achieve. But I just had this nagging sense that I wanted to create a product. Like I wanted to create something that other people, that would solve problems for other people. And that was a long process to come to that realization. And honestly, it was really heart-wrenching to, in a sense, give up on your dreams. Maybe not give up. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we're postponing them. But who knows? Um, but that was a really difficult decision. And I really did think about it a lot. And at one point, just took a hard left and said, I'm going to follow where my passion or where my heart is taking me and go build products for people to help them solve their problems and had to leave that, that world behind that I invested so much into. Mm. So it was, it was a very uh, interesting period in my life to make that transition. So one thing that I'm hearing you say is that there was this breakthrough in a way of you realizing that, well, that the client experience, right, working with a production company, it can be a cluster. <laughs> but then you got exposed in LA to, oh, it can actually can be done at a very high level. And it can be this incredible experience, incredible process that obviously generates really great results at a super, super high level. But then you had this realization, maybe, that the goals that you had set for yourself for some time ago they were within reach, but maybe it was going to, it was like you were going to realize them in a different way. Like they weren't, it wasn't going to look like what you thought it was going to look like. And that's challenging, right? That's a grieving process you have to go through to be like, I thought I was going to be that A-list director doing the biggest and best spots, you know, in, in, in the world. And it sounds like you like woke up and said, wait a minute, the vision, the dream is still the same, but it's going to look different. 
Yeah, in a sense. You know, I, I think it was just that, once again, I just had this voice in the back of my head that said, this product that you said somebody else was going to build years ago still hasn't been built and it still hasn't been solved. And there's nothing out there that can solve it. And once again, I'm now in the, the biggest film market in the world, networking and, and competing amongst you know the best production companies in the world, getting insight into their process and realizing that, yes, they are um, extremely good at, at pitching and winning jobs, but the, the, the management and the, the, the actual process is still broken. It's, there's no solution. And so I think that voice just kept getting louder and louder and saying, you know, at, at one point it became too big to ignore. And I realized, you know, that my passion was in, in creating and building things. And I think that translated well into film um, because I am a creative person. But at the end of the day, you know, I love, love building products. I love building something that makes someone's life better um, because they use that product. And I think that was the passion I discovered. And it was just something that I couldn't ignore any, any longer. So if you don't mind, I'm actually kind of curious to almost skip ahead and we can backfill some of the story points here. Because if I was going to just completely drag you into the present and ask you, wait a minute, where, where's this leading? What, what is it that you're doing right now? <laughs> Rick, what is what is a symbol and how yeah, what what is that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Assemble is project management software for content creation teams. Um, so our goal and the vision of Assemble was can we take these four or five different tools that producers are typically using? Once again, one for tasks, one for video review, one for delivery, one for calendars, one for you know, communication, can we take that and put it all into one tool? And if we can do that, it's going to be a 10x improvement for their process because they are not scattered across different platforms, different logins, different people who have different access to different things. Um, and so that was really the goal. And looking back, it was an incredibly ambitious goal, which I can say that now because we've actually gone out and built it and seen how difficult it is. Um, but we wanted to bring the entire project management from kickoff, pre-production, production, post, delivery, all into one unified workflow. And that's what Assemble is. So I'm, uh, I'm sitting here marveling and chuckling because I'm guessing on this journey of now doing full-blown software development, that at some point you must have had a moment when you realized, oh, now I know why for 10 years no one else tackled this freaking problem. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it is not. I mean, it is. It's it's deceptively simple, right? On the outside looking in, you say, "Oh yeah, just manage a project, right? How how hard could it be?" But I have seen so many production companies, so many shops that have systems, and they're all different, and they're all uh, some various cobbled together. You know, this works with that and that connects with this and this thing doesn't really do the job, but it works and it gets by. And for you to have an ambition called, we can create one tool where all these things come together. That is definitely ambitious. So how long now have you been on that journey? Was there a day when you said, I'm doing this and you, you and a buddy went and borrowed another $10,000 from the bank and started coding? Yeah, you know, it's it's been a 
a long journey. Um, and it was, it was not easy. Uh, I can say that up front. Um, you know, we built this platform in stealth uh, and like a private beta for about four years before it was ready for the world. And that's four years of, of full-time development. That's not like we were working side jobs. Um, that's full-time, the team building that. And, you know, we've seen similar stories with other project management tools of how long it took to build them. And so, you know, now I, another reason I understand why nobody had built this before. Um, but at the beginning, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was a grind because, you know, I didn't have the resources to go build this platform. I didn't have developers. I'm not a developer. I didn't have money. Uh, you know, I didn't have customers, use cases I could sell. We, we had nothing. Um, and when I say we, I mean me <laughs> because it was just me at the beginning. And wow. the way I started this company is I went back to what I knew. I said, okay, I know how to produce content. Um, I can make money doing that. But this time around, I'm not going to produce it. I'm not going to produce. I'm not going to direct. I'm going to, I know so many talented production companies and directors and photographers and all this. I'm going to connect those people with jobs. Um, and then, you know, I'm going to work essentially as a rep and figure out how to make them money. And that's what I went out and did. I started hustling and it was a, it was a grind. Um, working as a rep, you're working both sides of the table because you got to be doing sales, biz dev. But on the other side, you got to be doing recruiting. You got to be finding yeah. the talent. Uh, that you can be selling to the client. Then you got to be in meetings all day. And and then at night, you know, I was trying to work on the business, not in the business. I was trying to think about strategy and how do we build the tech. And so it was probably one of the most grueling periods of my life for those two years. But we're just connecting people with jobs. That's what we're doing. Um, and it was just a spreadsheet at first. But eventually we started to have a little extra money where I could uh, bring in TJ, who's now my co-founder. Um, but at that time, you know, I, I was just paying him to come in and work for me as as he could. But eventually, we had enough money to start paying him full time and started building these tools: a uh, video review tool, a calendar tool. And we started to tell people, "Hey, I'm going to connect you with the job. Um, I'm going to get you paid, get you a, a good job uh, that you can work on. But our only stipulation is you have to do it on these tools. Yeah, like you, you have to work with the client with these video tools that we created, these calendar tools." And man, people hated them at first, you know, because <laughs> it was early stage software, you know, it was so, you know, people were like, come on, man, I just want to use whatever I'm using. Um, but, but we insisted, you know, uh, and at, you know, people made it work um, one way or another. But what it did is gave us this incredible feedback loop where we're just talking to them constantly. What do you think about this? What's missing? What do you want? What, what it, in your current tools doesn't exist that you would love to, for someone to create? And we started getting all this amazing feedback and just started building around those customers. And that's how we built for those, uh, those four years was we were just, you know, once again, connecting people with jobs, telling them, Hey, use this platform to produce it. And then give us your feedback. Tell us, tell us uh, what you think. And, you know, we weren't making any money off this, off the tech, uh, you know, the, the actual technology. And it wasn't until four years when we finally felt we we're ready and people started to actually love using it rather than saying, uh, damn it, do I really have to use this thing? You know, they were starting to say, hey, can I, can I start using this for my other projects, right? Like, I want to start using uh -huh. this for other projects, even the ones I'm not working on with you. And that's when we knew um, that it was ready for prime time. And that's when we launched to the world. Uh, and of course, have continued that customer feedback cycle to this day of continuing to make it better and better. So there was quite a trial by fire where early on, you're, you're using what little leverage you have to essentially uh, create case studies, get the feedback loop, um, get all that. I'm curious, you talk about four years in development 
where you're just in that grind. What was the original plan? Because I'm guessing you didn't sit down and say, oh, we're going to develop for four years and not really have a customer base. You, you probably said, oh, it's going to take us eight months, 10 months, 12 months, something. What was the original plan? Yeah. You know, we didn't know. You know, whenever you're launching a new product out there that, that doesn't really exist, you have no idea if it's going to work. Um, and when we were building this project management tool, we had no idea if it was going to work. And, uh, you know, based off the early feedback, it was not going to work because people, like I said, they didn't, you know, they, they, they just wanted to use the tools they, they were used to using. But I believed in it. And I knew because I was the customer at the end of the day, like I was solving my own problem. I was like, no, there's something here, something here. Um, but, you know, we just continued to build and I, I, I wanted us to build a product. That's what I, one of the big things that I, I always wanted. I said, you know, I ran a production company. We produced content to market other people's products for so long, which totally respect that hustle and love the work that some of these top creative companies do. But I want to be the product. You know, I want to create something um, and then hire these great production companies to go create this amazing content for me. Um, and so we just kept investing in it and kept building. And it, up until the, the four-year launch, we still had no idea if anybody was going to pay for this thing. Uh, and, and when we launched it, you know, only a few people did. We, got, we only had a handful of people that signed up. But we said, hey, these are real customers now. They're giving us money. We really want to hear what they have to say. And so we continued talking to them. Hey, what's missing? What features do you need? How can we make this better for you? And I think just having that continuous customer focus around you know, uh, what do you need? How can this be the best possible tool for you is what has continued to drive us to grow, you know, and now we've got Lionsgate as a customer time, uh, magazine as customer, you know, numerous great production companies. And we're just continuing that process, just continuing to ask, like, how can this get better and better? So something I'm really curious to know is when I think about one reason creating a, you know, production management project management system would be so hairy is there's almost this philosophical question of you show your tool to, I'm going to say a producer and they might say, well, here's how I do it. And then you're saying, well, this is kind of how we do it. And there's like philosophical underpinnings to why, right? Everyone kind of has their process, their method. I'm, I'm guessing that at some point you started to have, have making decisions called, hey, there's half a dozen ways that this part of the system could operate if we followed this method versus that method. How did you make those decisions such that now when you present it to people, you can say, hey, this might be a bit different than your method, but we've tested it. We've proven it it's awesome. We encourage you to embrace it. How, what was that process like? Yeah, that's, that's a great topic, you know, and that's something that we learned very early on. And I, I think there's a concept in software development between uh, more rigid versus more modular, right? And, and products can be built in two different ways, right? Like if you need to, to cross a river, uh, you could say, hey, we built the bridge. Here's the way you get across, but there's only one bridge, right? Um, or you can give the, the, the person who needs to cross the bridge, you can give them building blocks and give them the tools and say, you figure out how to cross the river. And maybe they build a bridge or maybe they build a boat or maybe they build an airplane, like who knows, right? And it's, there's really two different schools of thought. And what we found 
the reason why, you know, people had tried to build project management tools for our industry before. Um, you know, there's other solutions out there. But we found that one of the reasons why they didn't really take off was because they were very rigid. And it said, this is the process of making a film as uh, described by us. And you have to follow these steps. Otherwise, the software breaks and, you know, you can no longer use it. Right. And that's great if you're producing that film. But, you know, what if you're producing uh, short form content? What if you're producing TikTok videos? What if you're producing uh, a podcast like this? Right. And it just didn't work. And so we, we learned that early on when we, our first launch of the, the, comp, the, the product, you know, we had the, the phases, so to speak of like, here's how you use our product. You could create these phases. And one of the phases was casting. Uh, and one of the phases was shoot. And those had specific components in them that were built just for casting and just for the shoot day of like how you put the shoot details in. And we learned very early on, we got to get rid of all that, you know, and now we just give people building blocks and we say you can name these phases whatever you want you can work in them however you want you can use our building blocks the ability to upload a file or to create a, a document or, or various things but there's going to be no restraints on how you put the project together and how you run it and that's a big component of assemble is that it is just building blocks and you get to decide and i think we've seen that work very well because we have content creation teams from you know short form commercial all the way up to more like traditional entertainment but then also podcasting um we even have architects who have signed up that use it you know for their you know visualizing and, and project planning so it, it really we've seen that modularity allow it to expand to to any type of workflow and and that's really our goal at the end is to serve content teams but in whatever kind of content they want to create and not limit them in any way. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, are the, like if I if I'm a newbie to assemble, are there? Do you have something like a template? If I said, "Hey, I don't know what I call my phases. I don't know how to sort of set this up because I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm sort of curious to see like how do you guys? What do you recommend as like a default phases and steps and so forth? Is there like a creating a new project and say, oh, you're doing a film, here's a template. Or you're doing a commercial, here's a template. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we're big on templates. So once again, we we provide those building blocks, but you know, some people they they want the bridge, right? They want just show me how to do this, right? And so we've built out this entire library of templates for various different types of projects. Everything once again from a feature film to a 30-second commercial to a photo shoot. And we're about to roll out a, a bunch uh, a ton more for various different other types of content that you know you may not think of as traditional video content so those are uh, core to our strategy we want to allow people to just get up to speed and up and running and by the way those templates some of those are like film school uh in a in a template i mean we pay some experienced extremely experienced producers to come in and build those out and you get to see how some of you know world-class producers produce content just by following those templates. So it's a, it's a really important knowledge component to our platform as well. But then once again, you can customize them any way you want, you can save them as your own. And so that's the goal is that one way or another, at, at the end result is you have your perfect workflow saved within the platform, templatized, and you can just duplicate that uh, as much as you need to moving forward. Dang. I love that's really cool. So yeah, I can imagine there's a lot of inspiration and education that comes with just seeing how others 
right? Use the tool the way they would approach a project. Another question I'm thinking about is production versus post, right? Like for shops that are really heavy on the post side, you know, they hear things like casting and, you know, um, location scouting, these kinds of things. And they're like, yeah, we, we never do that. Do you have a lot of customers that are using it for predominantly post? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Post houses, animation studios, visual effects studios. And once again, that just goes to the modularity. And that's something we learned early on is that, you know, even just having the option like, hey, you can add this casting component. You know, people are just like, oh, well, I don't do casting. So this tool isn't for me. You know, it's like, no, no, you don't have to add it. Uh, but, you know, just just that mental thing. Um, and that's why, once again, we just went back to the basics of let's just provide building blocks. So for whatever content you're creating, you can build that workflow that's specific to you. So now I'm curious to hear this, right? The, I, I There's this giant gap that we ca- kind of crossed between Nate says, I'm going to reinvent my career in effect. I'm going to get into software. I'm going to develop this tool. Now you're running Assemble. I'm curious, again, we're still skipping over all these details, but what's what is the what's the snapshot of um of assemble today like what's the user base look like um can you give us any sense of how many people are using it um what's the what's the feedback that you're getting what's i'm kind of just curious to get a sense of what difference is it starting to make in the world yeah yeah thousands and thousands of users um you know across all industries which is exciting to us because once again we wanted this to be for content creation teams i'm a producer at heart uh i ran a production company mostly in the commercial space so of course those companies always hold a special place in my heart and are really our core customers but we're now seeing you know of course like the entertainment industry beginning to use it but then we're also seeing marketing teams beginning to use it um you know Mm. DocuSign is one of our customers. John Deere is one of our customers. And the reason is, is because their internal marketing teams need to produce so much content and they need a tool that's that's built for that. Um, so, you know, we're a big believer that video content is eating the world uh, and that every company is a content company. And so, uh, you know, for us, uh, a producer, a content creation team, you know, wherever that exists, we want to be be helping to serve that. In terms of the product, you know, what's exciting for us, I think going back to my days at Crispin Porter, when, you know, I was so excited to see like, what is this, their workflow, their client experience um, that it was, that I was so disappointed by, um, you know, no, no, uh, no hard feelings towards Crispin. They're an amazing agency and they, they have a great process, uh, the creative chaos. They, they, they purposely want that. But what we've just rolled out, which is super exciting to me, is our own document creator within the platform so that not only are you planning your projects, uploading your files, assets, keeping everything organized in one place, but now you can create these beautiful branded documents uh, for your Mm. clients to share with your clients, crew, team that can manage the entire process. So everything from pre-production documents, whether it's like briefs or audition notes or location scouts to the production shot list. Uh, you know, shoot schedules, call sheets, and then even into post-production. And it's all branded. It's all seamless. It all looks and feels like one experience, uh, which can then, of course, be templatized into your own unique workflow. So I think just, you know, taking some of those things I I wish I had when I was running this production company and building those tools, um, that's what uh, that's what I'm passionate about. And and rolling out a feature like this is is super exciting to us. So if I'm hearing you correctly, if I'm an assemble user, I can create 
this experience of whether it's a calendar schedule shot list whatever all of these cool tools that you have and when my client receives that document or accesses the platform or something it's not a symbol it is impossible pictures <laughs> and it looks like impossible pictures and it has that whole like that special flavor and magic and point of view that my company has that no one else has exactly yeah everything can be white labeled so and additionally anything can be shared as a review link which means you know your client doesn't have to log in or create an account or sign up or even provide an email um it's literally just one click and it opens um, and that's everything from your calendar to your pre-pro documents to your assets in post, your video reviews and things like that. And everything is just this beautiful branded experience with your company logo uh, from start to finish. And uh, not only is it a great experience for your client, it saves you an incredible amount of time having it all templatized and, and a, a process created, which at the end of the day saves you money uh, because you're not paying your your you know, whatever your PMs or whoever uh, may be typically responsible for managing that, you're going to save time and money. I'm hearing something and I want to like process this and maybe simplify it, distill it down and regurgitate this back to you and tell me if this is what I'm, what I'm hearing. When I'm visualizing the solution that you're creating, I jotted this down here in my notes here because I'm asking this question. Okay. You've developed this system, this tool, what's now possible? And the thought I was having is, could, could a great process be a competitive advantage that not only saves me, my studio, some money, that's cool. But what's even more exciting is, wait a minute, what if I provide such a great process that this is why my clients love me, they come back to me, they refer me, and let's face it, I always want to be viewed as the expert. So I want to charge premium prices. I want to be right. I want people to follow my lead because I guide them. I lead them. I'm not just an order taker. You get where I'm going? Like, is this in a sense what a symbol is coming alongside those creative businesses and supporting them on that mission? 100%. 100%. That's the, you know, one of my core beliefs is that by delivering that experience, you are at a competitive advantage against your competitors. Uh, you know, there's a lot of production companies out there that, or creative shops that are just a mess up and down from the small guys all the way up to the big ones. Um, you know, and I think as creative people, we all have this sense that we want to create a, a recognized brand and something that an experience for people. That's what we do, right? Like we, you know, we help market uh, things. And so I think there's always that instinct that you want to do that for your own company, your own baby. And the more that you can create that process, the more you're going to have that emotional response from the client, right? That they're going to remember, wow, that was so turnkey. Everything I received from them, you know, just felt different. It felt right. You know, it felt like so easy and so structured, like those were true professionals. Right. And that's that's really the goal with Assemble is to give you that sense of when I'm working on this platform, I look different. I look like a pro. Um, and, and this is going to be a competitive advantage. I'm thinking of the phrase that I my business partner, a uh, former business partner and I used to say, and that was we all, we, all, we want to look like who we say we are. Right. Like you, you tell people all the time we're pro. 
we're top notch. We're the best. And then they go through your process and they say, yeah, apparently you're not. (laughs) And right. Like it's making those things consistent, right? It's like who we say we are is exactly what we look like as we go through this process. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, Nate, do you have, like when you think of before and afters, anecdotes, anything, like I'm just kind of curious to hear what, what sort of feedback are you getting from shops that have adopted some of the method, the system behind, you know, what assemble is, what do you hear from them after they've embraced it? What, what, what is now possible for them? Yeah. You know, we, we were constantly talking to our customers and I think that the biggest point of feedback we're hearing is like a sense of Zen, uh, which I think is important. Uh, and, and people are just kind of realizing like, this is so much simpler. You know, just having everything here in one place, whether it's my calendar, my pre-pro documents, my assets, uh, just this feeling of like, you know, I just cleaned up a messy room, right? And, you know, it's just so much more zen now. And, you know, I think it helps our customers be more productive, helps them focus more on the things they need to focus on, which is winning more jobs and creating the best possible work. Uh, And so that's really, I think, the most exciting feedback we've heard from our customers. Yeah. And and that spans, like you said, a lot of different categories, right? So when you're, when you're sharing that example, it could be an animation shop. It's obviously could be a live action. It could be somebody doing long form, making independent features. I mean, all those different categories. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. The sense of Zen. Yeah. I'm thinking that appeals, especially to a lot of business owners that have that nagging sense of what do I throw at this problem, right? Called, there's just so much chaotic chaos. There's so much coming at me. Do I just throw bodies at it, right? Do I hire another producer? Do I need uh, a line producer? Do I need an assistant editor? Like, what's the, what's the missing link here? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I, I can only imagine, yeah, what that's like for someone. And how long does the process usually take when somebody says, okay, we're going to give this a try? Are they up and running in a few weeks, a few months before they've sort of realized what the what the tool is capable of? I think it depends on the company. You know, some companies come in right away and they say, we see the full potential of this. We're going to dive all in. And on their next project, they're kicking off running their process and assemble. Other companies do a little bit more of a transition, which is totally fine. Um, the product is once again, modular enough that you can work with it all the cart. Uh, you know, some companies are still using a specific tool they love for video feedback or for just, you know, maybe they have their own server uh, in terms of asset management and their own processes, but they're coming in using Assemble uh, because they love the calendar and they love the project planning and, and these tools. Uh, so that's another beauty of it is it's it's not an all or nothing. Um, you can kind of take it at your own your own pace or whatever tools that you find are the best fit and expand it if, if needed, if it feels like uh, that's going to continue to improve your efficiency. I will say this, once, ever since you and I connected and I started seeing what you were doing with Assemble, just, you know, from a, I don't know, neophyte who knows nothing about software development, one thing I've always appreciated is the incredible commitment to simplicity and minimalism that I see in the platform. I don't know. I don't know how you do it, but I sense there's this uh, must be like this fanatical commitment to we're not just going to add a button because we can. 
we're not going to put like a label on that thing if instead an icon could work like there's such a rigor i can only imagine behind the scenes of keeping it simple am i am i reading that right that 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 must be that must come from a place of very very strong intention yeah uh, number one, I would definitely shout out my other co-founder, Andrea, who is head of UX and design. I think he's just brilliant. And he, uh, you know, is not a, from the film industry. He's a designer. But his commitment to that, you know, he even reminds me sometimes like, no, we, we're not adding another button here. You know, we're not, we're not uh, doing anything more to this space. And, and he's been amazing at that. But I think the other place that it comes from is I know how high maintenance clients are and I know how high maintenance crews are. You know, crew crew members are very good at their craft. They can be very technical, especially in the camera department, but they don't they do not want any sort of tool that they have to learn. And if you want this tool to spread and to be used by your team and by your crew and by your clients, there can be zero learning curve. Not not a small learning curve. It has to be zero. And that's what we've really tried to build is that when you send something to your client, they're never going to complain about a new tool because they're not even going to know that they're using a new tool. They're just going to click it and see exactly what they need to see. And, and the same goes for the crew. And that's really, you know, what we think is missing in this industry um, is a truly simple tool that people will actually use outside of your core team. Well, I know there's like a famous quote from Steve Jobs that I can't remember, but something about like doing simple things is actually incredibly complex behind the scenes, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I, yeah, I have to just very much say thank you and affirm from where I sit, creating something that is truly frictionless, right? Like if I'm a client, it's like, don't make me log in. Don't make me remember my password. Don't make me like, oh, you could just go step one, then two, then three, then four. And then you can see your thing. Mm -hmm. Like I know how, right on the client side, whether it's a, a producer, a creative or, or a suit, <laughs> for lack of a better term yeah like just like just send me the thing and let me let me look at it let me see it let me be involved in this process but don't make me learn anything i think that's a that's a great uh ethic is that what you what, what would you call that like a value that's that you've yeah designed into the system yeah value yeah and and the same goes for crew same goes for freelance producers you may be hiring i mean you know you've got to make the experience uh, completely frictionless. Otherwise, people are just going to revert to what they know, and then you're back to using four to five different tools and back in the same problem. So it's, it's really critical to the success, to our customer's success, that this product can be easily adopted by anybody that they work with. So obviously, I, I'm excited to include a, a link or what have you to assemble so that people can go check it out. What about people that want to um, connect with you? Are, are you, because I get the sense that you're connecting with a lot of customers and for people that are inside of our community, inside Rev community, you're, you're active there. Um, but what's the best way for people to find you, say hi, learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. I love connecting with producers. These are my people. You know, this is my, my industry that I grew up in. Um, I also have a podcast, uh, which uh, you know I'm excited to host you on. I'm really looking forward to getting inside of your head. Uh, podcast is called Creatives Off Script. You can find it anywhere. Uh, and then my Twitter, at Nate Watkin, just my name. 
great place to connect with me. And then, of course, if anybody wants to reach out direct, Nate at Assemble.tv. And remind us again one more time, what's the podcast we should, we're looking for? Creatives Off Script. And we interview creatives across all industries. We had, you know, Ian Pons Jewel, the number one commercial director in the world. Um, you know, Ali Brown, president of Pretty Bird. Uh, you know, we had the CMO of Peloton. So really just creatives from all walks of life and just really understanding like how they did it, how they became so successful and, and what they're doing today. All right. So with that, man, I, that's, that's very cool. I'm excited to, um, I didn't realize you had all those, those types of guests. Now I'm like, oh, dang, I, I need to level up my game. I need to get ready for, <laughs> for my interview and bring my game. Um, you're on the level, cool. man. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Well, I'll do my best. Well, man, congrats on, I mean, all that a symbol has achieved. I'm, I'm sure you have a lot in store in the future and all kinds of ambitious dreams. Can you give us just a, a peek of like, when you look into the future and you say, man, over the next few years, I think this is what we're going to achieve. Yeah, you know, our goal is to make Assemble the de facto creative collaboration platform. Uh, once again, I don't think there's a tool out there in terms of project management that is truly built for the creative process. Uh, all the major tools out there these days started, you know, in Silicon Valley. They started with software engineer teams and things of that nature. And it, it truly is just a square peg in a round hole. Creatives, you know, they don't want to work in spreadsheets all day. They don't want to work in, um, you know, the, these types of things. They're visual people. And so that's our our singular focus. And what we're extremely committed on is just continuing to build a product for creative people and listen to them. This is the most important part of understanding what can we build that you, what is your dream product, and then go out there and make it. So uh, that's our goal. And I think it's a, a hugely ambitious goal. Uh, and, you know, we're excited to keep working on it every day. Well, I dignify it's a beautiful goal, right? Coming alongside creatives who struggle with process, right? It giving them the tools, the resources, even the methods and the templates to deliver not just a great product, but also a great process. Because I think we, we know that that's the opportunity, right? All these clients and all these vendors and collaborators, they're all going to remember how it felt go through a really great and beautiful process. So Absolutely. thanks for all the work you're doing and congrats on all the progress. I'm, I'm excited to see what's, what's next. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Joel. I want to tell you about a place to connect that you might not know about. It's our online community called Rev Community. It's a great place to get to know other creative business owners like yourself, to share some thought leadership and read other encouragement, to be challenged in this new marketplace, new technology, ideas, economic trends, and it's a place to research. Check out many of the resources we have online, our videos, and of course, this podcast. Join us today at revthink.com community. If you're a creative studio owner, feel free to join us today at revthink.com slash community. I look forward to seeing you there.